BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. It's like it, uh, he apparently says it on every fucking podcast. He doesn't. <laughs> I say it on pod. It's said on podcasts that I'm not even on. First of all, like yeah, that's not true. on my podcast. If you want to be that guy, well, I mean, you've only got you know a few steps away from like Eric Bischoff level megalomania, right? Like pretty much. Yeah, you're almost there. Apparently, I'm, yeah. But that's that's because he's the greatest. That's what. That's By the way, why. Hall, of, the Earth. Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame, painful to watch. Oh, yeah. painful to watch this That's why it's not a topic it, of today's show. Speaking of today's show. Oh, Phoenix! <laughs> hey, yo. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. The Chair. Shot.com. Always use your head. Shut up! You're welcome. Here comes the big dog. So I was literally just trying to queue up the, the sabotage and, and ended up clicking the sabotage twice and just completely interrupting Christopher Platt, who's not here anyway. And, and messing up the opening of the show. Just like I messed up the audio. Just like I apparently messed up all of independent wrestling. And so much more here this week on the Babyface Hill Podcast. Look, I'm Greg DeMarco. The voices you heard before we started the show uh, were Patrick O'Dowd and Miranda Morales. We're, we're going we're gonna to change it up this week. And, and I'm, t- I'm getting kind of tired of podcasts that have like five-minute, eight-minute long introductions. I just think that we do too many of those. So... Even though I'm still using a month and a half old rundown, I am just going to change it up this week and we're going to dive right in and talk about some WrestleMania because that's what it is right now, right? It's WrestleMania season. It's WrestleMania week. We're recording this on Tuesday night, April the 6th. 
uh, what the seven year anniversary of the greatest WrestleMania in the history of our sport, WrestleMania 30, and just a lot of fun things going on, or maybe not fun things going on in the world of WWE, especially world of wrestling. So we're talking some WrestleMania. We're going to talk about the topic we would have talked about last week, which is of course me and my good friend MJF. And, and then we'll, uh, wrap things up, uh, with a three minute warning as well. So Patrick O'Dowd, it's WrestleMania week. Does it feel like, I feel like we ask this question every year too. Does it feel like WrestleMania? Uh, for me, not really. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I know it's supposed to be, I know it's happening this week. I know there are matches taking place. I know that it is a a two night event and is a week worth of events leading into WrestleMania and that I should be hyped, but I, I I don't know. Maybe it's the COVID environment and the, no, it's just, I, I'm not, I'm not particularly amped for this WrestleMania. I said it. Okay. I just well, and, and there could be reasons, and we'll not. talk about that here in a minute. Miranda Morales, what about you? It's WrestleMania week. Does it feel like WrestleMania week? It it does and it doesn't. I'm going to lean more towards what Patrick said, and it does not. I also agree it is due to uh, probably living in this post-COVID world where things just don't quite feel the same as they used to. So I think almost WrestleMania, this WrestleMania feeling is going to feel different now for quite some time, um, just because of the landscape of wrestling and the, the structure of it. But also I feel like some of the buildups haven't been the greatest uh, coming into this event that there is so much that they pack into two days that you don't get the same type of buildup and kind of warm and fuzzies that you do because there's so much content too, that you have to sort through just to get through this week. So it almost feels like you are kind of just dragging through this week to get to WrestleMania instead of getting excited about WrestleMania. See, and I disagree completely. I think it definitely feels like WrestleMania week to me. And I didn't watch Raw last night. I didn't, you know, I'm, I'm super busy and I still feel like it's this weekend. I'm excited to watch both nights of WrestleMania. I'm excited to watch both nights of TakeOver. I finally moved over to the Peacock and, and got everything ready to go. Um, and so, yeah, I feel, I feel good about it. And, and there's a lot that you guys just said. The Tuesday before the Super Bowl, Patrick O'Dowd, are you sitting there just like all giddy because of the Super Bowl? Actually, kind of, yeah. I love the Super Bowl. That's a nice try, though. (laughs) Because I don't. I sit there the Tuesday before the Super Bowl, and I worry about whatever's going on the Tuesday before the Super Bowl. Like, I don't think about the Super Bowl the Tuesday before. Or I guess guess a better example would probably be the Final Four. Like, you know, even like this year's Final Four, like when the Elite Eight ended and we knew who the Final Four was, I was like, Final Four, baby, and was ready all week for it. Like, consumed everything I could to do with it. And yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I wish I just, I, the week leading up to WrestleMania has usually felt like a bigger hype train. It's weird. Like they're doing more, but I feel less hyped. Does, I, yeah. does that make sense? It does. Like, yes. like, and I don't know. And part of it. Yeah. I will, I will fully disclose. Like you talked about being hella busy, you know, like our line of work, April, late March, right? April, mm-hmm. like kiss social life out the door. 
um, let alone time to do other stuff. So part of it is like not being as up as I usually am with, with like what's happening. But another part of it is, is wrestling has just kind of felt there for me. The, the, like since the right. Royal rumble. And that's but, weird. I mean, first off, you talked about what's consuming your life, right. With, with work and everything else. And, and you talked about the COVID right. environment earlier and, and, and your line of work, that's still a very salient thing that you have to deal with. You've also been watching wrestling for over 30 years and, and you've been down this WrestleMania road a lot and a whole hell yeah. of a lot as, has Miranda, as have I. And, and it's, it's part of this also the fact that this isn't for us anymore. And we've talked about that a bunch of times, like WrestleMania, WWE is not for us. And, and it's just not promoted for us. It's not booked for us because they know we're going to watch. And so to me, I get excited about WrestleMania just because I almost remind myself to get excited about WrestleMania. It's like I do it on purpose, I guess. It, it's it's yeah. like I have this thing coming up. It's WrestleMania. Okay, you let's get focus excited on WrestleMania. And you will exactly. Like it. yeah. That's exactly what I but tell is that myself. A bad thing if you're like forcing yourself to get excited, like I said, I, f- I feel like no. What Patrick was saying is like there's just there's I call it like the butterflies or just this anticipation. Like it doesn't feel the same. And for me, it is because there's too much content that you kind of get lost in all yeah. of it. Even all of the buildup and the matches and the shows, I kind of feel more drawn to NXT because it's more of a concise card. And I feel like the buildup, I mean, granted there's some matches that I feel more drawn to than others, but I feel like the buildup and the presentation of the matches that they have for me are more digestible and I'm, I'm just more invested in than what they have going into WrestleMania. So uh, I mean, if I can then think WrestleMania week for NXT, then great. But this is not NXT week. It's, it's right. WrestleMania it's week. It's NXT so. week, too. It's, you know, stand yeah, and deliver and all that. But NXT is yeah. one brand, and they have an hour-long or two-hour-long show building up this card for one brand since the last takeover, um, which was in, what, February? So we've had all that time to build up their 10 matches that they're doing, whereas WrestleMania is what 14 matches right now from two brands five hours of, of content per week and they just had fast lane three weeks ago now we've known some of the wrestlemania matches even yeah. before fast lane like i hate that argument that fast lane's too close and that the wrestlemania builds only three weeks no the wrestlemania build goes back to the royal rumble that that's a bullshit argument i don't buy that um do you guys talk you both mentioned the build and uh, I guess I'll be the heel on the Babyface Hill podcast. I think criticizing the build in 2021 is a cop out for me, for people with, with WrestleMania. I think it's like, okay, what am I going to complain? Let's complain about the build. Like, just like we talk about when we talk about the ratings, we say everybody consumes wrestling differently now. Everybody consumes their TV differently now. Well, it's the same thing with the build. Like WWE has to put out what, what they do two weeks before WrestleMania is equally as important to what they do for WrestleMania in terms of success in the company and social media views and all that kind of stuff. And, and people going in for Peacock and, and whatever else. They're a week-to-week product. I remember that you listen to Bruce Pritchard and, and something they wrestled with years ago. He talked about WrestleMania. Once you get there and start going, it's the same as you know, doing a live SmackDown. Like it's, it's the same thing. Once you get going to them, it's just a different environment, different stage, but it's still all the elements are the same and, and how they produce it is the same. To me, it's, it's the build is a cop out because they can't do a long build anymore. 
They just can't. It's not that kind of product. They're not in the wrestling business anymore. And and that's just what they have to do. But yet there's still plenty of things on this card that have had a long build. We've been building Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns since before the Royal Rumble. And now they're two-thirds of the main event. And Edge won the Royal Rumble. It's, I don't know. I don't know if I buy the whole build argument. I mean, Bad Bunny's been in the Miz's hair since before the Royal Rumble. And now they're wrestling in a tag team match at WrestleMania. Yeah, Shane McMahon called Braun Strowman stupid, and now we have that match. But I guarantee you there are kids out there that identify with that shit. And it's, it's well, I don't I know. Mean, in fairness to Shane, he does make a train noise when he runs around the ring. Right? <laughs> it's pretty stupid, if I do say so myself. I know. Braun's here, response here, should have just I, been, you guys booked me this way. I, I think you're taking a little too much into my statement of the build in, in that for me, the build is because I haven't been watching, man. Like it's not, like it's it's not because I can sit there and be like, oh shit, they rushed this storyline. Damn it! You, I mean, you even here, I'll even plug your Tuesday edition of Chair Shot Radio, where ultimately you made the statement that the build doesn't matter because it's about the show itself. Like basically, is what you said. Like Kinda, the yeah. show itself is what people are going to remember at the end of the day. There are matches like I can look at the card and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to probably enjoy because we've seen it eight million times. Sami Zayn's and Kevin Owens, like, of course, probably going to enjoy that. Seth Rollins and um, Cesaro. 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 Just, I needed a second. I'm I'm getting older, man. Like, remember these things like there's stuff I can see. But like even those matches. Like I'm like, oh, those are going to be great. And just to to play on your, I've been watching wrestling for 30 years. I've seen both of those matches in different forms, in different companies, in, in decades, in different companies. <laughs> and so I know I know what I'm going to get out of those matches, and I know they're, that 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 experience is going to be great for that fan in me. Uh, I I don't really begrudge like like we talked about Bad Bunny like a month ago. And just even the concept of celebrity, which um, Logan Paul, I'm fine with being on a, is is that the guy's name? Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm fine with him being on the show too. I saw a bunch of people pissy about him and whatever. Again, it's not for you. Somebody, other people are tuning in to check that out. Like I'll, I'll enjoy it for what it is when I watch it. But like this, this week I'm like, Oh yeah, I, I, Oh, I'm more excited honestly about playing Dungeons and Dragons on Saturday before watching WrestleMania that, that I am kind of for WrestleMania. When was like, the last time you played Dungeons and, Dungeons and Dragons? Last week. Oh, so you've only had a week long build. <laughs> what a shitty build to you playing Dungeons and Dragons. No, but I think, I think it's weekly also... episodic television, Greg, uh... just at, at a tabletop game. No, I, I also think like it's not the whole build. I feel like for me in particular, it's hard to focus on the good things because there's just so much happening um, in in one weekend. So that's why for me, I'm just like it, it's just a lot to process. But it's not to say that there hasn't been good buildups. It's just that it's. There's some that are better than others. And, of course, I'm going to be watching. There's going to be certain matches that, for me, are going to be great, and I'll watch. But then there's others that I just am not interested in. And for me, it's the expectations. And some of it is nostalgia. I feel like as wrestling fans, we always think in a nostalgic tone that when we look back at WrestleManias, 
of course, there's some buildups that were great and some that were terrible, but the matches themselves were just, you know, like idols that we we remember. And so I feel like in a in a, maybe in retrospect, it will all be, you know, sunshine and roses and, you know, fireworks. But in the moment, as far as leading up to it, it, it just feels different. We, we don't ever remember the undercard of any WrestleMania, really. Like, we remember we remember some matches out yeah. of the undercard of WrestleMania, but really, what you like, and in fact, we're told which which one which matches we're we're going to remember, and then we go watch them. Like Greg DeMarco can tell you his top five favorite WrestleMania matches, and they're all likely to be headliners or at least something that was promoted the crap out of right by the WWE itself, as well as something that Greg watched live. Like he'll tell you he waffles between Kurt Angle and Shawn Michaels and I'm free and um thirty, right? Is thirty the, the other 21. one twenty well, one? No, well that was twenty one. Angle and Michaels is twenty one. Yes. The the other match that you sort of flip flop out of with your top WrestleMania. Well, you're t- I think you're thinking about Daniel Bryan and Triple H from WrestleMania 30. Yeah. The like Bret Hart, Steve Austin from 13 is also mm-hmm. um, up there. Right. But th- th- you brought up a great point with Bret Hart, or excuse me, with Shawn Michaels versus Kurt Angle from WrestleMania 21. I can't tell you a thing about the build to the match. <laughs> right. But I love the match. Yeah, it's true. my favorite match of all time. Now, I can tell you a little more about the build to Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Bret Hart. Because that was pivotal in the business. Shawn Michaels versus Kurt Angle was just a great match. And if Cesaro and Seth Rollins have a Shawn Michaels versus Kurt Angle-esque match in five years from now, I won't remember anything about the build. But I'll remember how fantastic and amazing that match was. But if Bad Bunny gives a Pat McAfee-like performance at WrestleMania, I'll remember the match and the build because of what they did to get there. So it really depends. They his car, man. Yeah, but besides that, three million dollar Bugatti. Yeah, three million dollar Bugatti. Did you know three mil- three million dollars? Yeah, because commentary said it, it every moment. Yes. It's, that Bugatti cost three million dollars, and Britt Baker is a dentist. Okay, those are the two things that we should learn from wrestling in the past twelve it's, months. It's funny you talk about like memorable builds to WrestleMania because you know which build actually sticks into my head outside of my favorite storyline of all time. Which build? It's the Mickey James Trish Stratus build. Mm, one of the yeah. best. Like, I remember the Mickey James Trish Stratus build. I remember watching that match with Greg and the Hooters with our friend Jerry, um, and and reacting to that match pretty strongly at the time. And that and was one of those of where I'm, and, I'm at the edge of my seat begging for Mickey James to win because right. it, it was so perfect. It was because it, it was going to make her. It was going to make her a star. And right. if she lost, it wouldn't make her a star. And she'll eventually go in the Hall of Fame. And she got set on that trajectory because of that program and that match. So Right. And the only other build I can pull out and talk about to any detail is my all time favorite build that I've that you should know, Greg. You remember, right? I I'm I'm in my head on you. WrestleMania five. I'm sitting here like Hogan Andre is what I'm thinking. (laughs) You're talking about Rick Martell and Tito Santana. No, I'm talking Savage Hogan. Oh, yeah. Savage Hogan from the end of WrestleMania 4 to the WrestleMania 5, the Mega Powers explode, and that whole year, especially that summer, right? when, when things really started to fall apart and, and just was a perfectly told year-long story and is not a story that they do anymore. It's not. Well, you can't right. anymore. It's not the they way could they do it back then because back then you yeah. had 
jobber television, and then you had the occasional Saturday night's main event. And and that allowed you to to push those storylines and push those angles. And it was on the main event, I think, where you had the big moment where where Liz gets pushed down and all of that. It's yep. that's you know how those those programs were built back then. They just can't do that anymore. But there's a lot of fans out there, that vocal minority that we've talked about before, that still wants that, that still wishes they had mm-hmm. that, and and kind of ignores the fact that in some ways they've got it. In some ways, they don't. And that's really what WrestleMania is. This build to WrestleMania has been very similar to a lot of other builds to WrestleMania. And it, where some of it's long-term and some of it's short-term. And that's that's just kind of the way it has been. So, um, But like all, all, of, all of us have said, we're going to watch it. We're going to consume it. We're going to be a part of it. We'll react to it. How we react to it. Twitter will do what Twitter does. We'll, we'll get to that topic here shortly. And, yeah. and it's WrestleMania. I just we talked about this before and and on our shows and of course even when we went to WrestleMania um cuz it was less you know a year later that we started podcasting after we went to to WrestleMania 26 this is also and not so much this year because they probably don't have corporate sponsors running around and all that at this year's WrestleMania but is oh they probably do actually um there's a celebration for WWE internally uh, of a year that they've made it through and if you think about it and I believe it was Bianca Belair who said it. It's been 396 days since they had fans when WrestleMania comes around. And so when night one of WrestleMania happens, when Drew McIntyre is the first one in the stadium, and I truly believe he will be the first one in the stadium, then, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that because that is, that that's, we always talk about the how, the importance that Vince McMahon puts on the opening match. And, and Miranda, if you think about every ICW event that I've put on, I usually try to make sure the opening match is something important. That's it's it's just a it sets the tone for the event, right? I truly think Drew McIntyre is going to be the first one out, and even though everyone says he deserves the main event, I think he deserves to be the first one out because he literally was the one who said, "We're going to take this no fan era and we're going to put it on my shoulders and we're going to go." And and that's what he he basically pulled a John Cena. When John Cena got his mega push, it's because Vince McMahon had a meeting with the talent and said, I need someone to step up. And walking out the door, Cena, who was a, a white rapper at the time and a heel, grabbed Vince and said, you may not even believe it yet, but I'm that guy. I'm that guy. And, and, and look, here we are years later, even though he's not at WrestleMania. Damn sure right. He's that guy. He was that guy for a long, long time. So that is, that is where we are. Yes, Patrick O'Dowd. We know that Greg is a promoter. But it it comes up, but I'm not even going to go into why it comes up and why it's important because because you're just having fun and oh, you got we'll a big get there. smile on your face. We'll get there. We oh, will we get will. there. You're right. You're we'll get exactly there, right. ladies and gentlemen. And we the get there on your show all the time. This we'll next conversation is that, is, is so before we get to this to next before we get to this next conversation, um, I do want to get a th- few things out there. Of course, as you know, this is the Babyface Heel Podcast. I'm Greg Demarco at Chair Shot Greg on social media. Patrick O'Dowd is at Wrestling Realist. That's W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. Miranda Morales is at the hashtag Miranda. Not on Twitter, though, because she is the Twitterless heroine. She's also the queen of soft style. Everybody's got lots of nicknames. And, and maybe if we return to the old way, we'll, we'll introduce more of people's nicknames in the future. Of course, if you're listening to this on thechairshot.com, it also streams, well, worldwide. On platforms like Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, iHeart, and so many more. Like, subscribe, leave us that five-star review. 
be a friend, tell a friend. We love to have you on on board there. And of course, as part of the Chair Shot Radio Network, so many amazing shows. So when you like, subscribe, and leave that five star review, you're doing it for all that content, the amazing content on the Chair Shot Radio Network. Like Bandwagon Nerds, like Chair Shot Radio, like the hashtag Miranda Show, which all three of us are a part of in in those shows in many different forms throughout the uh, throughout the week that we do here at the Chair Shot Radio Network. So. Before we go to the next topic, you know, it's time to go to a commercial break, which means, Miranda, it's time to do something else, too. It's time to wind it up. It's time! Yes, it is indeed time for you to go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot to purchase your very own chair shot t-shirt today. At ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot, you're going to find over 25 different t-shirt designs all in support of thechairshot.com. That includes multiple always use your head t-shirts, the chair shot worldwide, the chair shot Corona t-shirt, the beer, not the virus, and uh, the hashtag journalism shirt, and of course, t-shirts for Impact Zone Wrestling, IZW, and classics such as Second Nerd and Baron Corbin Sucks. And if you're interested in supporting one of the many podcasts on thechairshot.com, you can purchase a shirt uh, of a winner is you, bandwagon nerds, and of course, the Queen of Soft Style shirt. And of course, everyone hates Greg because... Apparently, everybody does. Never went away. Always in style. So go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Pick up your shirt. They start at $19.99. But if you want to upgrade and pay a few extra dollars, you can order them in soft style. So go ahead. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot today. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey, folks. PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the greatest sports entertainment spectacular of all time, Welcome to WrestleMania! Hey folks, PC Tony here. Make sure you're checking out Mania Madness every Friday afternoon on TheChairShot.com. Christopher Platt and a rotating list of guests go through every WrestleMania one six-pack at a time. Check it out every Friday only on the ChairShot Radio Network. You know, Mania Madness has been a lot of fun to listen to because it reminds, it's like Patrick O'Dowd said, you don't remember every undercard match at a WrestleMania. They'll be talking about a WrestleMania and they'll be like, yeah, was, you know, and this was the WrestleMania when, when JBL had that short match against Rey Mysterio. And I'm like, oh yeah, forgot about that match. Oh, forgot that happened too. Oh, this is that WrestleMania. Like, there's just so much that's happened over the past 36 years of WrestleMania that you can't remember it all. And so go back and relive it with uh, Mania Madness. The last episode drops this Friday. They'll be covering WrestleMania 31 through 36, and they will do so, of course, on the Chairshot Radio Network. So check that out. So a week ago, maybe a little over a week ago now, uh, actually over a week ago now because we were going to record it at that time, I um, sent out a tweet. And it was basically about some stuff going on with AEW. Now, I'm trying to find the tweet. You'd think I'd have it prepared, but I don't really have it prepared. And, and then I tweeted something in, else. In that, that, 
Huh? No, I pinned something else. You should, have, you should have pinned that tweet. I did pin something else, and and it was related to it. So here, I got this one right here. So okay, March twenty sixth, Greg DeMarco tweeted this, and it's been read on other programs on this network too. Quick question: Is anyone calling out AEW and at Tony Khan? I didn't, you know. Bitch tweet, I actually added him, for the fact that running a house show on Friday, April 9th only hurts the independent promotions running in Florida for WrestleMania week. WWE doesn't have fans that night, so this is really a slap in the face of the indies. To which Maxwell Jacob Friedman, otherwise known as MJF, replied with, what's it like being both the dumbest and ugliest looking rat-faced gremlin under the troll bridge on all of Twitter. Now, let's start here. No, I mean, I mean it's a fair yeah, question. Yeah. <laughs> answer the question, Greg. And I did answer the question, but, actually. Like, like what's wrong go, with your you, face, Greg? If you go through why, the timeline, like if you go through the timeline, I did answer the question, and people didn't like that answer. Either. That got me blocked. I got this. This whole I got blocked by people before I even replied. Just the simple fact that MJF tweeted at me caused me to get blocked by people. Like that's oh, that. That's what's. I know, right? I, I appreciate it. Um, right up there with JBL, Goldberg, and Titus O'Neil. Three that I don't understand. But Warrior Award winning Titus O'Neil. Right? Too. Like, Has me blocked how, on Twitter. How did you cross? How did you cross? Yeah, how did you cross a saint? I mean, like, there are some I never recipient. did. I've done nothing but been nice to him on, on Twitter. Like, that's the crazy thing. And then he blocks me. Um, the only one I really deserve is Abyss. I, I deserve that one. And I'm fine with that. Yeah, you you absolutely <laughs> deserve Abyss. Because Abyss sucks. And Abyss is the worst wrestler at, in the history of At wrestling. least you're important enough to get blocked by people, you know? Like, I don't get blocked by people. I I think the real race we need to do is if I can get blocked by more people than follow you. That's what I think oh, we need to yeah. do. Oh, uh, yeah. At that point, yeah. Just keep on with the AEW tweets. And at that point, he'll, he'll I reach think that goal within like two weeks. The, before this, the last time that I checked, and it was – less than a year ago, but it was months ago, I had like 24 people blocking me or something like that. Cause there's some way you can check and find out. I'm sure that's doubled after these tweets and, and that's all fine and well. So I also discover like people that I've muted and don't know why I've muted them. So that's also, um, also <laughs> lots of fun, but that's funny. there's a lot of questions I can ask and things that we can point out about this and things that we've all talked about, but I want to let you guys just kind of talk about it. And Patrick went first before. So Miranda can go first this time. What are things that jump out at you, questions you want to ask or whatever? Because I don't want to just lead you guys in one direction. No, I just, how? <laughs> like, that's the thing. How? How is this? I mean, I'm not on Twitter as much, but I would imagine that the only person that you added was Tony Khan. And then the fact that in this yep. roundabout way, you didn't even like hashtag MJF. Like MJF was nowhere near this conversation nowhere to be found. until he put himself in this conversation, which then wonders how the hell did MJF get in this conversation? Now I know we'll talk about that. <laughs> I know there's so many thoughts. Well, let's talk about it. Yeah. I mean, like, does, does Tony Khan literally just like send this to MJF and say, Hey, go after this guy. Like this is his little Twitter assassin. I don't know. Like, but how did MJF know to tweet at me? Like, like, did he, does he go through Tony Khan's mentions? Does he, 
you know, look for this or does somebody send it to him and say, because hey, if they sent my tweet to MJF on behalf of Tony Khan, whether it's Tony Khan or somebody doing it for Tony Khan, this happens to other people too. It's not just me. This is actually a concerted effort, not against me, but just against people that point out their hypocrisies. And that's bad. All right. So I, I'm going to, I want to be that guy. There's also oh. the whole algorithm piece of people you follow, you get their mentions from time to time. Ergo, it is possible that MGAF happened to be at the right place at the right time. Right. To see. Oh, because you follow Tony Khan. Yeah. But also, even if, because right. MJF is, is Fabe all the time, you know, he, he lives uh -huh. in MJF. So yes, why yes. is he concerned about what Tony Khan is doing as a, as a heel? He would be, if anything, against Tony Khan. Like he would, you know, hypothetically, he would, uh, because Tony Khan, at least on AEW television, right. I'm not even getting right. into Impact right. television. On AEW right. television is somewhat facey. So, but, but he yeah. is, but he is, he is, he believes in branding clearly, <laughs> and right, and having that name connected. So I'm, I'm going to err on the side of, yeah, MGF, MJF, even in character, would use the boss, quote unquote, um, as a as a as a vehicle to increase their their Twitter footprint, so to speak. Well, remember, I, I this, is, this is AEW. They, they all want to be loved right. by the fan base. And, and Cody right. said it before they even started. They're not going to insult the fans' intelligence with baby faces and heels. Like, he said that. Mm -hmm. and he also said they'd never run a show during WrestleMania time. So <laughs> they called it Bush League or something like that. He I said that's their weekend. Tweet. We would never do that. He may have called it Bush League and something else. And I, to be fair, I later tweeted because someone sent me the picture, a screenshot of the tweet that Cody Rhodes, where he, he said that. And I added both Tony Khan and Cody Rhodes. And I even said it probably wasn't Cody Rhodes' decision. It was probably Tony Khan's. And Cody Rhodes, to, normally he's quick to respond. That, that didn't say a word. Probably because I'm right. And you can't, he's right. not going to say something bad about the boss because that's just giving him all the money. Here's why I think, there's two things, two reasons why I think MJF did what he did. You ever heard the phrase, don't bite the fan that feeds, don't bite the hand that feeds you? Yes. Well, I kind of mm -hmm. reversed it to he is stroking the hand that feeds him because that's, you know, he's coming, he's running the aid of the boss because he wants to show him, I'm your guy. I'm your John Cena in the meeting telling you I'll be your biggest star for the next five years. And I'm showing you this right here, right now. The other one, and, and Miranda has no idea who this is, but Patrick O'Dowd knows who this is. I was told that our good friend, Trevor, better known as Rovert on the Twitter, may have sent this to MJF. Oh, Jesus. And pointed this out to him that I said that because eight or Robert. nine years isn't long enough for someone to hate me and and want to, to you know, be whatever he well, is. Well, aren't you, are you blocked by him? No, 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 I'm not blocked by him. And he's not blocked by me. Uh, nope, not at oh, all. Oh, nice. I only block people yeah. if they do things like come after, like threaten my family. Which I've had to do with Fair. everybody who writes for PWP Nation who tried to claim they were going to kill my kids or whatever they said they were going to do. So, yeah, I don't block That's messed up. often um, unless yeah. I absolutely have to. And uh, yeah, tre that, that's such a Trevor move. Isn't it though? Actually, it is. 
So there's that possibility as well, that Rover, because I guess he follows Rover, which means Rover can DM him. So there you go. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing. MJF follows Rovert. That should be all you need to know about MJF is that he follows Rovert. And, and, but, but here's the other thing. No one, especially from the company has been able to tell me why I'm wrong about what I said. They, they've, they've actually relied on the fan fallacy of the driving distance between Tampa and Orlando or whatever, Jacksonville or whatever. Right. Three hours. As the, as this big argument, as if, and Greg, you, you, Greg Miranda, you both can back us, back me on this. What fan goes to WrestleMania? Uh, well, seventy five percent of them are traveling fans and hardcore fans. What What do those fans willingly do for the entirety of the time, Greg? What did we do? We the, drove the, from like wrestling show to wrestling show. We drove we everywhere. And, yeah. and let me ask you this. We Before even we, we even figured out a way we could go to an extra Dragon Gate USA show after yeah, we did. We the Ring of Honor show. Two, two ROH shows, a Dragon Gate USA show, the Raw after after WrestleMania. We did it we did <laughs> Remember, as much I as went, we before I left. <laughs> I went to the Dragon Gate USA show wearing a ROH staff polo shirt. And people right. were looking at me funny. Because I because I didn't bring something to change into, so taboo, I'm stuck there wearing. Taboo. They thought you were a spy, right? They did. Uh, which was, and anyway, but the the idea that fans who literally travel across the world to get to a location on a day when there is no significant WWE event happening would then not willingly make the trip to check out AEW. This company that likes to tout itself as the alternative and as this big deal, like that that audience isn't going to travel is disingenuous at best. Well, and they promoted this house show six hours to two different independent shows. We did the greatest weekend of the history of our sport. We absolutely did. And that wasn't even for a WWE weekend. No. So don't tell me people won't travel the three hours. So here's business elsewhere. I, I could I could use this to put myself over, and I think I will. Miranda, how far is the drive from Albuquerque, New Mexico, to Phoenix, Arizona? Uh, it's almost seven hours. I'm like, because you've made it. I've literally talked to you on the phone while you were making this drive before. Yes. Um, people drive from yeah. Albuquerque, New Mexico, to Phoenix, Arizona, to go to IZW wrestling events, mm-hmm. and Texas, and Vegas, and California, and all that stuff. That and and we're not even AEW. We're not even the vaunted all elite wrestling that people love so much. And people are willing to drive that far to my lesser known independent shows. You know, they're starting to get more known. They're not AEW, never going to be AEW. So don't tell me that no one's going to drive three hours to go to AEW versus seeing some indie event that would have taken place on Friday because it can't go to SmackDown. There's no fans at SmackDown. Even though it's basically like night one of Ultima Lucha at this point, this week's SmackDown. But it's still, there's no fans at, at SmackDown unless you're on a video board. So they're going to do that. Here's the other thing. Look at all the marketing for this event from AEW. 
the historic first ever AEW house show. You will not be able to see this on television. Will not be recorded. The only way to see it is to be there live and in person. And that just really struck me as, as the best because it's like, we're literally telling you, you have to come to this event. We're booking street right. fights because AEW has a street fight on every event now. And, and we're booking all kinds of, you know, Eddie Kingston's big return. We've got all the big stars in action. Like tw- like 10 different matches have been announced for this show when you include the appearances that are going to turn into matches that they've announced. Um, God, sure, is it an After Dark episode too? I'm sure I'm sure Sting <laughs> will talk. No, there's no no television Patrick go down. I'm sure Sting will talk to Tony Schiavone because I think After they're still Dark doing Live. that every week. Yeah. So it's it's being promoted as something you have to go see. And three hours is not that far to drive for wrestling. And that's why it just makes me laugh when that's the big argument that, that's being given to, to everybody else. Here's my favorite one. And yes, this is self-serving again. But remember, this all started because MJF tweeted at me. So I guess I can be a self-serving. One of the comments, one of the replies to my statement about this being a slap in the face of the independence was obviously... Greg is the one who doesn't care about independent wrestling. <laughs> if he thinks this is a slap in the face of the independence. Now, the person didn't know. Person doesn't know. Ray Cash jumped in and was like, hold up. Let me explain to you something. And he did. Um, and they went back and forth. And the guy was like, I didn't know that. And that's obvious. But I remember that. I read that conversation. Apparently, Greg DeMarco doesn't like independent doesn't, wrestling. Doesn't care about I, independent I wrestling. doesn't care about independent wrestling. That's the shirt. That's the shirt. That's the moneymaker right know. there. Greg DeMarco uh, doesn't care about independent wrestling. I could talk for hours about this, but I, I feel like, I don't know. And, and other, and Ray Cash and, and Christopher Platt and PC Tony, they've all talked about it on different chair shot radio shows. Do I care about independent wrestling? Hey, Miranda, did you know that Greg DeMarco is a promoter for independent wrestling? Actually, he's a promoter for Impact Zone Wrestling uh, here in the great state of Arizona, Tempe, Arizona. Really? Yes. Yeah. I didn't know he was really. He he must really hate his talent. Then I bet you they don't like working for him so much so that they keep coming back and and thanking him for opportunities. Actually, people Uh, are you know coming from all over the Southwest to come to these shows. But what would he know about independent? All right, that's all the complimenting I'm going to do for Greg. Yes, I I feel dirty now. For me, it's just like how how can we go back to calling him a rat face? You can. Tweet How is it. it that you don't care about independent wrestling when your tweet was exactly about supporting my concern for the indies like, and what this is they, doing to them? It, they just didn't even bother to read the original tweet. No. They really didn't. Well, like people just bypassed the original tweet, took what MJF said as gospel, and attacked. And well, that's a whole it, gambit of, of I, the like, issue with AEW. This is this has been the thing that that I've found really fascinating and particularly on the social media fan base is the, and I know that there, there are these fans that exist for other companies as well. Like there's a, there's a contingent of say new Japan fans who are just like this. There's a contingent of WWE fans. They're just, they're, they don't care what Greg tweeted. They don't No, They, they really have no concept of what Greg tweeted. It's what you said. MJF said this was a bad thing, so we have to try and roast mm-hmm. Greg, and we're gonna we're gonna try to intimidate this person. It's true, we're gonna make them feel all you know. Try to make them r- walk away from what they've said, even if what they said is true. Like 
it's it's no different than getting roasted when you criticize their product uh, yeah. in any way, shape, or form, as if that suddenly makes you some WWE mark, shill, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And so you clearly don't understand anything. You're a piece of shit. You need to get out of here. You don't know what you're talking about. And clearly you hate the Indies. Clearly you hate all this talent that's working so hard to fight this invisible evil empire that they like that they want to put on the WWE. They, they want to continue to have that little brother us against the world syndrome. And anybody who speaks counter to that or even points out their own hypocrisy, well, you must be part of the problem because mm-hmm. you, you can't be, we're the solution. We're the answer. We who don't really do anything that's that special as a wrestling company. We were the alternative. Whose fans apparently aren't willing to drive three hours to see our events. Right. And here's the thing. Well, no, no, they're just not going to go see the WWE. Event. Right. That's mm-hmm. true. Maybe. But remember, I was called stupid because I don't, someone said, I obviously don't understand the ge- geography of Florida because Jacksonville's three hours away from Tampa. And no one's going to drive three hours to see the historic first time ever event that you can only see live. No one's going to do that. But they'll drive seven for nope. my event that none they'll of those people have Euro- ever heard they'll of. They'll fly from Europe to Florida. Yeah, they'll fly from Europe to Florida to see WrestleMania, but won't find a way to get to Jacksonville for AEW that they love so much. They probably would fly from Europe to go to an AEW pay-per-view as well. I have worked painlessly or painstakingly to do things like increase wrestler pay. Like we're selling out shows left and right. And so what am I doing? I'm trying to get my wrestlers paid more money on, on our events. I'm trying to give people opportunities and bring in talent. Heck this last show that we're getting ready to put on in in May, we weren't going to use the talent that usually comes in from Denver. And then when I crunched all the financials and saw the fact that this show was going to be crazy profitable, I said, you know what? We can use the Denver talent and still get a profit. So we use it. So we're using the Denver talent, even though we didn't have to. Like the show was already doing so well without them, but yet we still brought them in because we like them. We want to give them the opportunity and they love our locker room and and we cherish that locker room. And and so to say that, but I don't care about independent wrestling. That is the one that that cracked me up. And I think there's also this underlying thing about this is the first time that other independent shows are running during WrestleMania weekend that last year that was taken away because of COVID. And put one of them out of business hundreds yeah, literally hundreds of independent wrestlers from all over the U.S. are now coming to Tampa for just an opportunity, just for the opportunity to wrestle or possibly wrestle. So that house show that they do is going to take away people who would be in Tampa oh, to yeah. look at new eyes, to look at you know talent from all over the United States. And so whether that's not happening financially, but just also the visibility. These are people who need to sell merch, who need you know social media followers, who are trying to build up their portfolio. So not only is it impacting the overall landscape, it's impacting individual wrestlers. Now they may say, oh, well, you know, they are doing so much for the independent wrestling community because of concepts like dark and and uh, elevation or elevate. I forget the other name, but uh, how they're bringing independent talent from you know all over for these shows. But you're also directly competing against them on such a pivotal night. So I think it's you know that's a whole other element added element too that as you're talking about utilizing talent that this 
whole experience now is directly impacting hundreds of wrestlers that are going to be working those nights, especially that Friday night. Yeah. If, if those, if those wrestlers even work that Friday night, because one of the other things that I, and Greg, you can back me up on this, that you always see at shows is talent that may not be booked. They'll show up at shows to try and get ca- yeah. caught in book. Yeah. So they're yeah. not going to go and try and get caught on and booked at the independent show. Oh, say around, you know, WrestleMania, they might make that trip up to Tampa too. And so they may actually miss an opportunity just by trying to catch on at AEW that they could get going. I don't, it just, it's, it's far more complicated and to, yeah. to act like AEW's footprint isn't big enough to significantly impact what, you know, what's going to happen to the indie scene. And it's not like, Greg, I don't even think Greg's saying that this is going to create some big smoking crater no. uh, on independent shows, but to, to act like it's not going to be in direct competition and hurt their, their opportunity is dis again, it's disingenuous at best. No, but like and, um, a game changer wrestling that's running a 2000 seat facility, but only selling 200 tickets. They're probably right. not going to be hurt by this, but some other random independent that's running down there that we don't even really hear so much about. If 20 people decide not to go to that event because instead they end up going to AEW and say those tickets are 20 bucks each, that's $400. And people were like, well, it's $400 for more than that. I can tell you $400 can be the difference between a show making money and a show losing money. Easily $400 can do that. And, and if they don't have, you know, previously agreed upon rates with talent, that could be the difference between what people get paid. So there's a lot of, of things that go into this that people, again, show they don't really know what they're talking about when they bring it up. But the biggest part about it is the fact that MJF had an important enough tweet about. And, and here's the other thing, too. Since this has gone down, my email has been spammed with all sorts of things that I didn't sign up for. None of which came my way until after MJF tweeted at me. And I literally had to spend like an entire weekend. I must have unsubscribed from a hundred different things to get these emails to stop coming through. Like mortgage stuff, car stuff. I mean, it's, it's the crazy, the things that I like, like the washer and dryer sales, the things that I got signed up for by some people um, was just absolutely insane. That's why people hate AEW because they have the fan base. It's a toxic fan base. And and they do some crazy stuff just because they love this product and because they want to hate the other product so much. And you can't dare say anything bad about them. Um, Tony Khan didn't reply. Cody Rose didn't reply. And just, just MJF did. So lots of fun. It, it gave us tremendous amount of content across the Chair Shot Radio Network. I loved hearing people talk about it and, and the support. And everything's just been a blast. And hey, all those events are still going to happen. AEW will be just fine. Hopefully, the independents will be just fine as well. And we can move on and 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 have some fun. So, because that's what it's all about. It's all about having fun. And you better make it good. I screwed that up. I got to go back and play the commercials. Hang on. Eight, seven, you, don't, you don't have to buzzer again, but it's all one clip. But you can buzzer again. 
This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Gentlemen, you have three minutes, and you better make it good. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. The clock is ticking, and we're in the clear. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. We talked about it at the top of the show. WrestleMania 37, just mere days away. And Patrick O'Dowd and Miranda Morales, as we march toward WrestleMania, the phrase I have to say is, LOL, Charlotte, does nothing. There's no Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania as of this time, as of the time that we record this, this show. Supposedly she's cleared of, of her, of her COVID. Um, at least that's what Andrade tells us on, on social media, but could we actually have WrestleMania with no Charlotte Flair? Miranda, we'll let you go first. Yes, uh, I think we actually can. They may save her until the Raw after WrestleMania, and that's where the swerve comes in. But I could see it right now that we don't have a WrestleMania without Charlotte. Um, I just feel like really you could place her in the Raw women's match, but it already seems like they've are going through with that match as is. And I, I would see it as more of a surprise uh, of her showing up on raw the next night and, you know, maybe beating whoever the women's champ is. And that's when LOL Charlotte wins. And she goes after, you know, at, at that point, is it like rain number nine? I don't even 11. know, but 11 yeah, already. Like she's the 10 time champion. Yeah. So then we get rain 11 and bada bing, bada boom. There you go. Patrick O'Dowd. I mean, I mean, I feel like I'm cheating a little bit because again, if you listen to Chair Shot Radio, you heard Greg's thoughts all about this uh, on Tuesday. So, so spoiler alert. But uh, I, frankly, I, I'm kind of with you, Greg. I think it's kind of a fifty-fifty proposition at this point. Like they, I think, should find a way to make her a part of the show um, if if she truly is cleared and ready to come back. However, also, as noted, Raw after WrestleMania, they like to have some big returns. They like to have people show up. They like to have a big moment. But is that even a, a lot of it's sense? It's not that she's, she hasn't been gone that long. It's not like that'd be yeah, but it's still that big of a moment. It's still kind of a big deal. I, I yeah, it was more. It's, of, it's just more out of nowhere. Greg, you said it. It's not about the build, so who cares? Oh, I know. You're right. So no, I think it's I think it's big enough. Like she's been gone enough from the picture that like right. people aren't. She really kind of came back into her. the picture in what December at TLC and right. then ended up disappearing again due to due to COVID. And she's busy doing photo shoots yes. and posting them on on social for her birthday, which I think New was bro- yesterday, uh, Monday, yep. depending on when you guys are listening. I short of her, short of Bailey like demanding a match and Charlotte showing up on SmackDown and being like, "Let's go." Because Bailey doesn't have a match either at WrestleMania. And two years ago, Patrick O'Dowd would be shocked if I were to say it's a crime that Bailey doesn't have a match at WrestleMania, but it's a crime that Bailey doesn't have a match at WrestleMania <laughs> at this point. I say just let those two go and let them have a match at WrestleMania and, and let them tear it I up. I mean, real quick, just the idea. I mean, we do have that tag team 
gauntlet right happening in night one what if they come out together as a surprise team and imagine if they're they- a surprise team and neither member of the iconics is anywhere to be found <laughs> like that would be wah. wwe even though billy k and carmella are very- forming a tag team and peyton royce <laughs> Craig, was angry go- and got a non-title match like, let's let's go back to the wwe philosophy of tag teams greg you understand oh i, I do understand this is super team They've booked a super team of Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler better than any other super team in a really long time. Like that's show Miz. It's actually well well booked. I know, right? Since Show Miz. Since Show Miz. Um, and they don't even have a cool name, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Yeah. Like, like they just don't. Um, Scary. Yeah, I don't need one. But I would honestly, I think at this point, the best way to use Charlotte Flair, and it would piss so many people off. It really would. Is if at some point she showed up and attacked Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. Or if she attacked Asuka and Rhea Ripley during their match and and made her statement that way. Because and, and probably because if I think if I believe that Drew McIntyre is going to open night one of WrestleMania, that also means I believe Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks are going to close night one of WrestleMania. And they should. Night two is when you have Asuka and Rhea Ripley. That's not going to close the show. If you have Charlotte show up and attack somebody there, either during or after the match, that to me is Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. And that would make a big, to me, that's a bigger surprise and a bigger moment than her showing up on Raw after Mania at this point. And I would be all for that. Just something different, something that I think would be fun and exciting. But it's just weird that that she's left off the card. I know Kevin Owens left off the card a couple years ago. I think 35 and that sucked for him because he was cleared and ready to compete. But I would love, you know, Charlotte Flair is, is a future legend, a legend in the making, a current legend, whatever you want to call her. She'll break her father's record at some point. We all know what's going to happen. She's already got 10 reigns and she's been there for, she's been on the main roster for five years. It was five years ago, a couple days ago that they had the historic triple threat between her, Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks at WrestleMania 32. So I think it'll, something will go down, maybe at Raw after meeting, or maybe she's not cleared yet. And we just don't know. And that's always a possibility right. as well. So. Mm-hmm. That is going to wrap things up for this edition of the Babyface Heel Podcast as part of the ChairShot Radio Network, which you can find at thechairshot.com. Go follow that at ChairShot Media. We appreciate you listening. Of course, we run every single week. Listen to ChairShot Radio each and every day, 8 a.m. Eastern Time on thechairshot.com. This show, of course, drops on Wednesdays. We've got the hashtag Miranda show on Thursdays. Miranda Morales at the hashtag Miranda. What can the world, and me, since I have no idea, expect on this week's edition of the hashtag you show which of the topics am i going to steal for chair shot radio yes so we're going to be going a little bit more into depth on the wrestlemania car really highlighting the matches that we're looking forward to and maybe some that you know maybe are falling a little bit flat as we head into this weekend so we're gonna even do some predictions because it wouldn't be a wrestlemania without predictions Patrick O'Dowd is at Wrestling Realist. That's W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T on the Twitter. Patrick, I made mental notes of things that I really agreed with you on, on Bandwagon Nerds, and I no longer remember those mental notes, but you made a lot of points that I really agreed with you on, on this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Really? Okay, yes. well, thank you for agreeing I don't remember me. what they were. Uh, it was we, towards the end. We, what we was did... the question on Patrick O'Dowd has a question? What was it? Remind me, because I... Um, oh, it was like, what, what is a, what is a movie you absolutely hate? And what is a movie you will stand on a hill and die for? Yeah, it was Um, it. I also, I was it when I ripped on Godzilla versus Kong? Maybe. I did, and I, I did text you about that, bit. telling you that I did not love um, that movie. Okay. Can I get, since I wasn't on Bandwagon Nerds, 
And by the way, listen to Bandwagon Nerds every Monday. And what's the nerd review this week? Uh, it's going to be Godzilla versus okay. Kong. So here's I'm going to ask. You, I'm going to pose this question to both of you guys. Spoiler alert: If any of you haven't seen Godzilla versus Kong, okay. Imagine if WWE went with Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania. Okay. Imagine if they had this epic showdown, and Roman Reigns has Drew McIntyre beat, foot on his chest, takes the foot off, and here comes Brock Lesnar, out of nowhere, and beats down Roman Reigns to the point where Drew McIntyre. Being the hero gets up and they fight off Brock Lesnar and, and someone for a brief period of time finds a way to shut off Brock Lesnar's energy so that they can get the upper hand because that's the only way they can apparently beat Brock Lesnar. And, and, and Drew McIntyre is the one to eventually put down Brock Lesnar. And then Roman Reigns looks at Brock Lesnar and says, or looks at Drew McIntyre and says, no, I'm good. Turns around and walks back to the back and we don't get our winner at WrestleMania. That's what I felt like watching Godzilla versus Kong. We should bring you on bandwagon nerds on Sunday. Yeah, that's I that's, say, that's how I, I mean, felt. Kong was pure baby in this. I just I'm just gonna put that out there. He was babyface hero. Baby. Yes. Yes. But the movie is called Godzilla versus Kong, and yet we never got a winner. Look, everybody writes an article for thechairshot.com. My biggest pet peeve is if you ask a question in your article and then don't answer it or don't have an opinion. Then, then I, I don't like your article, right? And, and I will tell you so, all so much. The, all, all the big ones, you know, Freddy versus Jason, Alien versus Predator. I mean, in some ways, they do have some kind of winner, quote unquote, but then there's a and I know. as to like, oh, it's not, it's not finished yet. And my son even argued with I mean, me that Godzilla technically wins because Kong was done. I mean, he literally had to be defibrillated by humans to be yeah, brought back. Yeah, I mean that into is kind fight. of like a countout yeah. victory, if you want to right. call it that. No, no, no. He, a... he he straight up killed the bitch. He yeah. killed he Kong, like he Kong did. dead, D E D, basically. Anyway, on bandwagon nerds this week, we talked about a lot of shows that people may not have been watching that have dropped on streaming services, as well as our continued review of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Read the nerd review. I won't spoil how much I dislike it. Uh, I actually dislike it though, Greg, for different reasons than why. You oh, I'm sure. Dislike it. I'm sure. Well, that's my that's my that, that's pet peeve. That pet peeve about that's that movie. A, I don't know if you know this, Patrick, but uh, Greg is an independent wrestling promoter, so he's just what he, he would have booked it differently. Yeah, I would have booked it differently. So, You're right. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely would have booked it differently. He's booking this movie differently because if he's here's yeah, here's what bothered me even book. more than that though. Here's what bothered me even more than that, Patrick O'Dowd. What's that? Part of this movie takes place in Hong Kong, right? Yeah. The big epic fight takes place in Hong Kong. You have Godzilla in Hong Kong. And I'm sorry, but it is completely appropriate in Hong Kong for at least one person to look up at Godzilla and go, Godzilla, Godzilla, and run away. And that didn't happen. Oh, God. Oh, man. The hell is wrong with these people? The opinions of Greg DeMarco do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the ChairShot Radio <laughs> Network and ChairShot.com. Anyway. They absolutely do. Oh, okay, then um, you should send a day's recognition. By the way, everybody, that's our show. Always use your head. 
Go watch WrestleMania. Have fun. That's what it's supposed to be about. WrestleMania. Gazira, Gazira was too far. You guys didn't like Gazira, Gazira, really? <laughs> oh, I knew where you. I knew where you were going the second you, go, you yes, started talking the, about the being accent, in China. I was the like, accent. I was oh, like, Greg, no, no, oh no, oh no, you oh, no. Greg Demarco. Oh no, oh. everybody hates Greg. Oh my goodness, such a good, Dude, such good I, shit. I think you need to. I, I mean, it would be a joke only the people at the Chair Shot Radio Network would know, but a, you know, just start adding the different people hating Greg shirts, like an MJF hates Greg shirt. I know, shirt. right? Oh, be next. Yes. Tony Khan hates, hates Greg DeMarco. Tony Khan. Oh, man. Hey, Baron I mean, Corbin, no, Corbin, Corbin dug us. Baron Corbin yes, likes me. Probably. Yeah. He probably likes me. And and that's, oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Baron Corbin gets it. Yes. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc